It's rhyme to everybody. We continue discussing the Avoda of Yom Kippur in the Sefer Bayam Darkecha. In my old version of the Sefer, I'm at page Kufmem Zayin. We're doing the first parak, and there are two prokim about Yom Kippur. So, what is going on exactly on Yom Kippur? On Yom Kippur, Hashem illuminates his great light from above. And on Yom Kippur, this is called the Or Bina, the light of Bina. Bina is to understand one thing from another. Through that light, we're able to see everything which is in its essence inside. If you want to look at more Kabbalistic terminology in footnote Kuflamid Vav, he brings down the Arizal explains the essence of Yom Kippur is the Malchus ascends to Bina. So let's translate that riddle. What does that mean? Malchus is the way the creation conducts itself in reality. That's the final stop. That's Malchus. What you see everyone is doing thing. And Bina is the power of understanding what something's all about to understand one thing from another. Let me just explain a little bit before you ask. To know what the root is and what comes out of the root. Bina's, if this is true, then this also has to be true. That's Bina. So the Malchus goes to the Bina. What does that mean? Through the Bina, we can see into everything about the Malchus and everything in the Bria and all the inner essence of it. Well, what does Bina tell us? Bina, we know there's a light of Hashem that gives light to everything and there's nothing outside of that light because Hashem rules everything, gives life to everything and everything is just a revelation of Hashem. And on this holy day, the inner understanding, that Bina, we see and feel in the Malchus. In other words, the part of this world that reveals Hashem, it could reveal it, we may not notice it, but we could feel that truth that, that, that even in this world that is very physical. Let me just do a little bit more and I hope it will clarify things. So then what is this inner aspect that's revealed in the creation? So what is revealed is the divine light is the inner core of reality. And therefore within all of the things in this world that exist is revealed the depths of that inner essence that gives it life, which is the light of Hashem. Now at this point, we've got to explain something because it's going to be very um, misleading. In footnote Kuf Lamed Zayin, he says a very important thing. So now what's the difference in Chachma and Bina? Chachma wisdom, being understanding. They're both in the mind, and they both have us understand things internally. So what's the difference? And especially when we're going into the depths of concepts, and they're both there to reveal the unity of Hashem, which is the true reality. So what's the difference? Haven't we been talking about that in Rosh Hashanah all day long? In other words, how is Yom Kippur different than Rosh Hashanah? Isn't this sound almost the same what we've been saying about Rosh Hashanah all the time? Ain't old Movado, we're nullify ourselves to Hashem, blah, 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 blah. So where's the difference? That's why this footnote, Kuflam and Zion, is very important. He explains like this. 
The Chachmam reveals the point of truth. The core truth is the Chachmam. The root core. And for that, we're able to reveal and, so to speak, um, look at, although not with our eyes, the divine light that gives life to everything. That's the root. That's Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, we coronate the king. Hashem, you are the root. That is the Chachma. The root, you are. Nothing else exists from you. But, on the other hand, since we, uh, uh, since we're, even though we've grasped the core, but what about what comes out of the core? In other words, if we're so focused on Eidod Milvado, and that's Hashem, so we're not able to look at the details that are nullified to Hashem. And since we're so clear of this core, then there's nothing else. For example, if you have a raging fire, where's a candle come to a raging fire? So now, so, okay, it's all Hashem. Everything's Hashem. Everything's Hashem. There's nothing else. Where are the details? The Bina, the understanding, understanding one idea from another is when we recognize the root, everything's from Hashem, but its power is to see how that root is revealed inside the details. In other words, Bina is not going to the core of what exists, but it's to understand something from the core and to see from the core the details of how the core manifests and how those details are connected back to the root and those details are not nullified. And that is the secret of Yom Kippur. The Malchus, what's the Malchus? That's everything in this world that Hashem creates, all the details that you see. This is God's Malchus over here. It ascends to the Bina and it is revealed that, that how they exist here is depending on its root. So we're clearly revealing in this detail-created being of what, that it is essentially containing the light of Hashem. And that happens when you focus on the details. If you say to yourself, what is, for example, uh, what is pulling evil? What evil exists? What's the core of it? What's the core of evil? The spark of holiness that drives it. We'll talk more about this on the Shabbat Shuvah which Hashem has helped me uh, find some good material. There's no such thing as there's God and there's evil. That means when you see something looks evil, it has to have a divine core. It has to. Oh, your philosophy is going nuts. Doesn't matter. You can say, Eno Movado, but not there. It says, no, look at the most evil thing. There's divine. Now, maybe it's been warped, but it's all there. Or the opposite. If you're focusing on the unity of Hashem, then it has to be that the details can only be a revelation of a Kaddish Baruch and that is the rule of how Bina works. It reveals the light as it is within the details. 
And that's the Avoda of Yom Kippur. This is the Avoda. And therefore, so what's unique about this light on Yom Kippur is it's so strong that it could succeed to reveal the divine light in every place, even in the places that are so far away, the things that are so grossly physical, even within a sin itself, even within souls that are so far away that it's still there. Or as Rav Shlomo Karlbach, once the Coronal of Racha once mentioned, he was doing a, a what do you call it, a concert in Germany somewhere. He finishes the concert one o'clock in the morning. He's going out on the streets of Germany and a lot of nightlife going on in Germany. So this fellow sees Rav Shlomo Karlbach, who's obviously Jewish, comes over to him and he says, I want you to know, I'm the worst Jew in the world. Shlomo Karlbach looks, what? I'm the worst Jew in the world because my parents got killed in the Holocaust and they gave me to a convent or to Goyim before the Holocaust. Hopefully if they lived, they'd come back. I was raised as a Goy, but I know that I'm a Jew and I don't want nothing to do with God and therefore I'm the worst Jew but then he says I'm the worst Jew but I'm still a Jew yeah. okay how can you do that You're the wor- I'm the worst but I'm still a Jew now he doesn't realize what he's saying and why he's saying that the furthest place has God's divine light Yom Kippur, it becomes more revealed. That's the essence of Yom Kippur. Hashem is shining a light onto every Jew, what the true Jew is, and therefore we could succeed in seeing the inner truth of us and everything else. And therefore, what do we do on Yom Kippur to enable us to do this? We cut ourselves off from all externals. Food, drink, everything that makes us look towards the external realities. Because those things, even on Yom Kippur, can conceal the inner truth. And we are trying to be engaged totally within the inner truth. And therefore, in footnote, Kuflamid Ches, he adds, and therefore the fashion of our conduct on this day is a way to elevate us to that inner place. And all the mitzvahs of the day are not to punish us, not to hurt us, not to afflict us, but to nullify the externals. And therefore, not only we don't do work, but we don't eat, we don't drink. We don't give our physical body comfort. We don't give our feet comfort. We're not involved in intimacy. Because these things, even though generally these are very good things in Avodah Hashem, and every other day of the year, Hashem wants us to be involved in this. But still, that's engaged with the externals. And at this day, we're only engaged with the internals. And we want to live in that internal reality. And therefore, we do a lot of things to resemble angels, like wearing white garments, like you saw Rabbi Sevi wore a beautiful white garment on Rosh Hashanah. Okay? We say out loud the words, which only angels say. 
because the angels have no physical body and this day we are even we are um, hiding ourselves concealing ourselves from those concealments and the goal of all the conduct is to get out of our external grasp of reality and spend one day of only focusing on the inner content to reveal the essence of that and then I of course after Yom Kippur we're going to go back to the external world but we can see it with a greater truth we're going to be living with externals but at least I know what the secret is behind that and therefore even though I'm going to get a lot and that's why also we wear the talus even at night because the talus represents the or makif as we said before the surrounding light that comes from Bina and therefore we have to have a kavana on Sunday night this Sunday when we put on our talus that we should say in our hearts Father in heaven give me a merit that I can ascend and enter the level of Bina and succeed to understand and recognize the inner aspect of everything now what that does for us we'll see in a minute but this is the main avod of Yom Kippur Rosh Hashanah was Enod Novato at the source that's Chachma good now we got to take it to Bina. So what does that really mean? It means everything here is a manifestation of Hashem. Everything. I am. The worst thing in the world is a manifestation of Hashem. It all comes from Hashem. It has to have a purpose for everything. That's the first point. Yeah, now I can take okay, questions. There are two questions. Now, when this light comes, starts at Kol Nidre. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And second question is, when the Malkut moves to Bina, is it something to do with planetary positions or something like that? I have no idea. <laughs> it's beyond my pay grade. It could be it does. It's, but it's not the planets themselves. It's, it's Hashem's light. It's Hashem, it's, Hashem's, it's Hashem's light and whatever is involved in the 10th day of the month. It's a lot to do. Okay. Subsection base. So this great light with, with the Hashem opens up our eyes to see it when that happens step two it arouses us to yearn to be close to Hashem in truth and to merit living life in the truest way because we understand that that is now the only true good that exists in this world that's supposed to take it to the next step okay and with that, it reveals the inner core of the holiness of the Jewish soul. That once that's revealed, then what's in my deepest desires of my heart is a yearning for Hashem with a holy fire just for Hashem, our Father in heaven, and to serve Hashem. And that's the main point of Yom Kippur, to reveal, now that I'm revealing everything, but the real point is to reveal my Jewish heart, to arouse it, to yearn only for Hashem. Now, in the footnotes below, he expands on this idea a little bit. So let's let's share this. He says, yearning is a very powerful thing. It is the choicest ideas of, you know, in, when, the, when the Jew clarifies himself and sifts through, when he gets to this yearning, this is the, the goal we're trying to. Which means when a Jew, a Jewish soul, 
yearns for his father in heaven is a very deep thing. It's very high, very important because the yearning shows us the inner desires of the heart. When you're excited about something, that's giving away what's going inside of you. And in a certain way, this yearning is even greater than the actions in a certain way. Because when you're doing things, you never can get to the end and perfect it. Because only God's perfect. But yearning, you can yearn till the end. You know, it, it could vision, wow, what would be the best being close to Hashem? Now you could try to do that physically, but it's not likely it's going to happen. Your mind can take you to places further than your body can take you to. And therefore the yearning of a Jewish soul, that is the goal because now we're exposing the inner aspect of our heart and that's what the Talmud always says about Hashem, Rachmona Liba Boy. Hashem wants our heart. Now obviously heart alone without actions isn't enough because if a person doesn't do anything, it proves that he doesn't want it. But if you do as much as you can, it could still be you want even more. But you got to see the guy's doing something. There's got to be some success. Oh, I really, really want to. I really, really, yeah. So what you do, do anti-gym, get up this morning? No. So what do you mean you want? So therefore, with the desire, even though there's no action, right? But, but, you, but if it's followed up by action, then that's amazing. And therefore, when, when the action happens, what becomes primary is the desire that prompted that action. Therefore, the Gemara says, if let's say you're really, really going to do something, and an accident happened beyond your control, it's as if you did it. What does it mean? It doesn't mean you actually did it. You don't get a reward for doing it. But God would consider the wanting was honest. There's two separate rewards. There's a reward for wanting, a reward for doing if you don't do it at the end, God cannot reward you for that. But the reward for honest wanting is bigger than the reward for doing. And therefore, if you really were going to do it, you, you got in the car, you went, the car broke. Okay, can't do it. You're sad, you're upset. You still get credit for the wanting. But we just want the doing to reveal that the wanting was real and not a fantasy. Right? However even though the action has a certain independent goal, see, besides it reveals the truth of your desire, but also the action reveals the reality of Hashem and how Hashem's kingdom is actually working. No matter how great the action is, but the desire is more important. And it's a greater level of desire because the desire is really part of the human being that's coming from him, well, the action needs a lot of Hashem's help. Okay, question? No, answer no, my question was, if a person is blind, he cannot do Birkata He's blind? He's blind. blind. He cannot do Birkata Mazon, but he has an interest. He can, he can, why can't he take Birkata Mazon? Why can't the blind person repeat after me? Yeah, so that, that is okay. Sure, yeah. sure. Now, the next footnote says, and with the power of that illuminated desire that comes on Yom Kippur, what happens the day after Yom Kippur? Is the game over? We go home? No, we say to Hashem, let me merit 
for this inaction. Try to have me keep this as much as possible. So that yearning should bring us to the point that we can get to complete perfection on Shmini Atzeres and for the whole year, which is the next level we'll have to talk about. But this yearning, excitement, enthusiasm is the core for all the avoda for the whole year and everything depends on Yom Kippur. Why? Because on Yom Kippur we get the taste of what it could be like and what the soul really likes and really should want the whole year. And you want to get closer to Hashem in truth. And therefore this answers the famous question. Okay, so great. Yom Kippur, we get to the highest of levels. Amazing. But for what purpose? Why are we going to this high place if, if we will go lower afterwards? There's no question. That vision Hashem gave us, you, you can't hold it for more than a day. And that, it's hard to get to that level. You can't just sit around and do nothing on Yom Kippur. You've got to really be focused on this goal. And the prayers and the words and the singing and everything can bring you to that place. But, it's, but when the gates are closed at Ne'ilah, you fall. No question about it. So what's the purpose? To get a, a high for one day. But the point is, since Hashem brings us to such a deep place, to the root of our own root inside, but, and we, not, and we haven't achieved it on a permanent level, but we tasted the sweetness and we can always yearn for that sweetness again. In other words, once you've tasted it, you know that nothing else is going to be genuine. You know, uh, again, you know, you could use all kinds of mishalom. You know, you could have like the most amazing cook in the world. Once you've tasted the most amazing, everything else could be good, but it ain't the same. And I'm not going to fool myself. I'm not going to get excited. You can say, well, I really wish I can get back to that excitement. That alone is an important goal. To realize, okay, and you have to daven, Hashem should help you, and He can, He can help you. And hopefully you're trying to hold on to this long enough so that when Shemini Atzeres comes, we can feel what Shemini Atzeres has to provide for us. So, again, we're speaking about levels. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the, Rosh Hashanah, the goal is Enod Melvado. Everything is from Hashem. That's all there is. And therefore, all the Averis I did, I really regret doing them, blah, blah, blah. All those things, it's amazing. I coronated the king. And as I said in Rosh Hashanah, that means I coronate my own self, core over everything, to move on and on and on. Now we're working on totally focusing on how the Eino Malvado plays itself out into every single part of this world. And that brings a tremendous yearning for us to keep pushing us to reach till Shmini Atzeres. Okay. So now in section Gimel, he now talks again about, so where's the tshuva coming in now? So he says, this excitement that every Jewish soul has will bring us to return to tshuva and it will cause that our sins will have kapara. In other words, it's not a coincidence that Dafka on the day that we're supposed to do tshuva is the day where our inner core is revealed. So each one is causing that to the other. Okay? If my core is revealed, as we'll explain, 
you're going to understand why tshuva is going to be a lot easier and I can get kapara. Kapara means I am not going to do it again. Because we know when you do a sin, it's a great blemish. And what's the blemish? The person goes going after the Yetzirah and he left Hashem and that desire for Hashem. And when you do a sin, it's as if you don't want Hashem. But on this day, when God reveals the depth of the inner aspect of everything, and specifically the Jewish soul, and every Jew is filled with a yearning for Hashem, and he returns with his whole heart, and he decides from now on, I only want to be with Hashem. And Hashem accepts children who return to him with all the essence of their inner soul. When a Jew returns with that enthusiasm, he reveals the truth that even if I'm covered in sin, but inside I only want a Kodesh And that clarifies that I never really ever wanted to sin. Because when the inner Jew comes out and it clarifies the trueness of the soul that does not want to sin, and I really have no business with sin, it's, <coughs> it's only the external clipos that confused me and drew me afterwards to sin. So that reveals now on Yom Kippur <coughs> that we, that, and how do I know that? Because my, my yearning was aroused and it reveals that I really want to cling to Hashem. I don't want to be separate. And what's really happening is we're not creating anything new. We're just revealing the essence that's always there. And therefore, all the deficiencies, all the mistakes, is not the core of the Jew. It's because of the klipas. So when a Jew confesses on the fact that he attached himself to sin, and now he leaves it and returns to Hashem, Hashem will forgive him for everything because it's clarified he never wanted the evil. And inside, he always wanted to be with Hashem. And in footnote, Kufman Beis, he adds, he says, this revealed inner light, it clarifies the inner aspect of the Averos that you did. And this is a very important idea, he says. If we understand that everything is the light of Hashem, and the truth is we really are only seeking Hashem and we're yearning for Hashem, so where did the sin come from? So really, when I, was doing, when I was doing the sin, even though on the conscious level, I thought I wanted to do this, but on the subconscious level, I did not want to do this. What do I want? I want the light. You know what the person does? He makes a mistake. And he takes, he thinks, he, he takes the light of Hashem, but, the, but in the wrong way. There's light of Hashem in Avera too. I'm yearning to connect to something much more powerful than me. That's, that's Hashem. But what if you misdirect that yearning? So now you go to an Avera. It's a powerful... I, I love Hashem so much. What do you do? You take the love and put it in a disgusting place. Where's that coming from? It's coming because I really love Hashem so much. But I got all kinds of issues why I have trouble expressing that to Hashem. So it's not like I really left Hashem. I'm using the tool that can be used to come close to Hashem. And I, and I, and I thought I was... I was trying. Now you know you're not coming close to Hashem when you're doing it. I've already told you not to do. But you're not... You're just saying, I just, I just need to go beyond my borders. I got to ascend to something greater. That really is the power that's supposed to be directed to Hashem. But it was used in the wrong way. And that's what Shuva is telling us. Where we're saying, Hashem, bring me close because I really, really want you. And I made a mistake and I went after a lie. 
And I understand that that's all Narishkeit. So when a Jew truly regrets and accepts a resolution for the future, Hashem will atone for his sins because he's clarifying the true inner reality that there really is no evil. As the Pasuk says, and if your sins are like red, they will turn to be white as snow. It's, it, it's not that I have an inner desire to be bad. There is no such thing because what I'm getting is the pure light of Hashem. That's what I'm getting. But the klipos disguise it. Well, the true light of Hashem. So you know, Hashem wants love and peace, doesn't he? Doesn't God want love and peace? So let me love a shiksa. I'll bring priests to the world. You get confused. Or, you know, I, I, I have to have this. It's pikuach nefesh. I mean, get all kinds of rationalizations. But the Jew, you know, that's why they say nowadays when a Jew intermarries, we should not look at it as it was looked at 200 years ago. Because the whole society has changed. 200 years ago, a goy hated Jews. Hated Jews. They killed Jews. It was terrible. How could you go marry a goy? It was clear you were abandoning Hashem. And if somebody did that, we look at it that way. Nowadays, you have such a progressive woke society and you know they, they say, I want to be a good person God wants me to be a good person and everybody's becoming a spokesman for God in the wrong things yeah. think God wants us to be racist is God a racist he wants us to love all men so now it's a time where you know used to be going were terrible now they're not terrible so the Jew doesn't think he's abandoning Hashem he thinks this is amazing. I'm, I'm propagating God's world. I'm doing the will of Hashem. I'm marrying a nice guy. It's a beautiful way. This is, we're being inclusive. Judaism's inclusive. And they feel like they're a proper Jew. But they're being lied to. And that's why, so even the Jew, when he does these terrible says he doesn't really want to do this. So this, this is how this is explained. So this, so tomorrow, what he's going to do is kind of summarize and tell us what Avoda Rishona is and Avoda Shnia is and what our Kavana should be during Yom Kippur to understand these points. Okay, Shkayach.